Bali, Jesus, Jesus, and Bali, Bali, Jesus, Jesus, Bali, Bali, Jesus. Roy, everyone's thinking, why did you convince me to do that culty Jesus Bali thing? And to that I answer, it will be explained in the next five or ten minutes. The story as to the origins of the song Bali in Jesus. And Jesus in Bali. And Jesus in Bali. So you're not going to explain now? Right now, no. Let's move on. Welcome, guys. Thank you for joining us. My name is Roy. Welcome to Beyond the Noise. Your name is Nathan. And his name is Roy. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even planned. We're hilarious. <laughs> or lame. Or lame. Um, how was your week, bro? Bro, it's uh, really good. Completely mundane. I can hear a dog barking in the background. Is that your dog? It happens. It happens. My week was good. Back to school, teaching. Um, how was your week? Um, it was it was a pretty average week. There were some things that occurred that I'd like to disclose with you and others who may be listening to us. Ah, friendship. But before I do that, are you pumped for the magic round? <laughs> uh, rugby league talk. I am, yes. Are you impressed that I knew of the magic round? I did, I did. What is magic round? Well, it's where all the players, uh, all the teams play on the same channel. Oh, at the nice. same time. The same. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay, close enough. So all the teams are playing at the same stadium at different times. But I'm with uh, you, I'm with uh, you. I mean, I, I, I got it close. Yeah, you were close. You but were what close. are they all doing at the same stadium? Uh, it's the idea is to promote... Uh, Football in Brisbane and inclusiveness. <laughs> okay, yeah. So sure. Is it some leftist agenda? No, I think it's more so a marketing scheme for Brisbane because of the real estate prices not being as high as Sydney. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps it's absurd. So, Roy, some a good thing that happened in your life this week, mm. or so I heard, is that the Western Union Tigers <laughs> actually won. Yeah. I can. I never know what you're going to come up with, but it's always funny. Yes, the West Tigers. The Western Union. <laughs> without the Union. Uh, yes, they finally won. They finally pulled through their first win. I think after losing the first seven games, it's been maybe over 200 days since they've won. Do you feel they're pathetic considering the Dolphins, who also are a new team, won the first 50 games? I think there is a... a a structural problem with the West Tigers, but I'm not. I can't say I know exactly. Like what the the foundations of their stadium are dodgy or some shit like More that. Also, their tactics, the way they plan. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, let's just say that yeah, they're not as good as other teams. Okay, now some further questions. Do you feel that they won because this week they chose to be on performance enhancing drugs? I don't feel that. No. Okay. Why um, do you? I mean, <laughs> could be, but second to that, maybe there was a Tandy electronics game fixing situations mm. like when Ryan Tandy got caught in 2012 for match fixing God rest his soul I'm not much oh sure he died <laughs> he actually committed suicide wow um, so he died of shame <laughs> well no I mean I think I think it got to him I'm not sure the whole story but anyway that should that turned that very quickly I probably should have kept reading in the Wikipedia like, <laughs> wiki, wiki, Wikipedia yeah I think, you, I think you missed the very important but the point is uh, no I think that it was a very clean match and they won fair and square okay well I mean may God rest his soul and Maybe next time I should run things by you. That's okay. Did you know that Adam Dwayne... You can cut it out if you want. Yeah. No, no need. Did you know that Adam Dwayne, a Lebanese man, sat down with Josh Mansour, another Lebanese man at Gibran's this weekend, and were discussing his um, injury, his ACL injury um, recovery? 
I didn't know that. No. Well, how did you know that? I just Googled things that are interesting this week <laughs> in NRL. Brilliant. Brilliant. And I figured, what are these two lebs doing at Gibran's in you know, Mount Lewis? Yeah. And then you realize it's completely normal. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, that's all I've got mm, yeah. on, the, on the NRL. On the NRL updates. Do you have a particular team that you'd say you have an affinity to or that you follow? Well, you know, I've always been a Dolphins supporter ever since... <laughs> They started, yeah, back in ago. back in March. <laughs> oh, bro, yeah. So you know, there was a segment. Um, actually, I'll tell the story that I was that I was planning to tell. So yesterday night, I was uh, at church, my local church of choice, Saint Charles in Punchbowl, mm. and uh, towards the end, I was getting in my car after I did my churching activities, mm. and this guy, this female. Uh, of the Christian persuasion who also comes to church. I don't know why I felt the need to qualify that. Mm, mm. But she said, oh, that's your car. She saw me getting into my car. Because I always see it and I wondered whose obnoxious car is that? Because it's the blue. <laughs> I, it's, I, she thought it was blue cause to show off. I got, I got it because it was the Virgin Mary blue. But, you know. Each... No, I don't believe that at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and I'm like, you know, when the girl compliments your car, uh, you, like, all right, I'll take you for a spin. Uh-huh. So... I took her for a spin around the block mm. and, you know, I don't want to incriminate myself on, on air, <laughs> on live television. hypothetically, <laughs> there was an option that I may have been hooning in the streets of um, Mount Lewis Punchbowl, oh, no. maybe driving fast and then stopping quite quickly around mm. the Bankstown High uh, slopey roundabout section. Sure. And as I passed... Sorry, not Bankstown, now Punchbowl High School, where, by the way, Jihad Dib, which is one of our labor politicians, uh, reformed that school a decade ago and made it really, really good. Interesting. Anyway, a relevant piece of information. <laughs> While I was driving around that, mm. that corner, you know, what, what do you feel would have happened? Sirens. Mm. So I got pulled over by cops. Now, I've had uh, a tumultuous history with the law, mm. to, for lack of better terms. With speeding? Uh, just with speeding. With speeding, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so I've had my license stripped of me before. And mm. I thought, shit, this is it. Like, I'm dead. Mm. Like, <laughs> I sat there, I pulled over, and I'm like, this is it. And the girl next to me is full panicking. And she's like, oh my God, oh my God, what are we going to do? I'm like, firstly, calm down. No one's going to jail. At most, <laughs> at most I'm going to lose my license. <laughs> and then it comes up to me. And I had my phone ready because I don't have a paper license. And he's like, hi, I'm Constable something something from Bankstown Station. Um, I've pulled you over because you were driving recklessly. And I, I acted surprised because, mm. you know, the first thing to do is deny. I'm like, oh, mm. okay. And then he's like, blow into this. And I'm like, okay, well. Uh, so he was giving me an alcohol test, a mm. breathalyzer, if you may. And obviously I haven't been drinking. He's like, have you been drinking? I'm like, never. You know, to highlight, I'm a good guy. I've never drank. Like, it's not even a possibility that you'll find alcohol in my system, except for the wedding last week. Um, he found nothing on it. And then he's like, listen, why were you doing that? And I'm like, officer, I'm going to level with you. I have a pretty girl in the car and I was just trying to show off. And I, I, I don't do this very often, but Eve did this to Adam and this girl's doing it to me. And like, it's, it's not my fault. I was, I was lured. She's like a siren. And he looked at me. He paused for a second and then he smiled and he's like, okay, don't do that again. And then he left. God. He let me go. It's like he understood. 
honestly, bro, I'm going to buy a lottery ticket because I can't believe that he let me go. You were very lucky, and it seems that he understood. It's like he was moved with pity at your honesty. And the fall of man, <laughs> which was caused by the girl who was in the passenger seat. That is a very funny story. You are very lucky. I don't know. I survived that, and yeah. I have a, um, I have a story I want to share with you, bro. I do love a story. So I was at uni the other day. Uh, the topic of conversation that came up in our class uh, was something to do with the way Jesus was as a person. And one student made a comment, and I hope he's not listening because I don't want to make him feel bad. He, he, he's under the impression, he said something like, of all the things that Jesus ever was, he was never funny. There was no record of him making jokes. Um, there was no record of him being funny. And he, he likes to believe that Jesus was very serious all the time. Very random story, has no connection to your previous story. It's just something I wanted to share with you because I uh, actually disagreed a lot and I wanted to hear your opinion on it um, because obviously we've spoken before about... Jonathan Rumi, my diety of choice. Your diety of choice and about how we feel that Jesus would have been very funny and that he would have been awesome. But yeah, so that that was like a weird kind of thought that that this this guy had. Tell me a bit about that. Do Do you believe that? What do you think? Is it diety or deity? I think we said deity. Last deity time. is a god that's fasting. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, well, you know, I've made it very clear that Jonathan Rumi is my deity of choice from The Chosen, and he joked around a lot. But I guess if we look scripturally, is there a lot of evidence of Jesus being funny? I'm not sure. But the question is, just because it's not in the Bible, does that mean it didn't exist? Mm. And the answer to that is definitely no. Because even John, at the beginning of the Bible, says, if I was to write down everything that happened with Jesus, like there was, there's no amount of libraries in the world mm. that would even fill it. I'm paraphrasing. Mm. 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 But I think there are some examples where Jesus', Jesus there are. Yeah. hilarity, if I may, leeches into the, the yeah. Gospels. There was an example that you had. Uh, was it the Sons of Thunder? Oh, yeah. When you yeah. called jo- John and James? Yeah, like... The Sons it, of Thunder. It, it just feels... It, it almost feels like a Lebanese kind of um, humor where it's like... Like that short guy in my village that they call the Sarsour because yeah. he's really short. <laughs> Sarsour means like a cockroach. cockroach. Yeah, like Sons of Thunder is, is absolutely hilarious. It's, it's almost implying that... Obviously, it is implying that these guys are like angry and cannot be controlled and cannot be tamed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's funny. I'd laugh at that if you, be, if you called me a son of thunder. It's like how we have so many nicknames for people. I think that's that's hilarious. But you, you mentioned a couple of other examples. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, like when he... Like he sometimes he's, he uses hyperbole or exaggeration. Like in a, well, to, I say hyperbole, but yeah. Hi, okay. What a hyperbole, hyperbole. <laughs> You're right. It's probably hyperbole. <laughs> yeah. Like when he says it's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle. That's ridiculous. <laughs> It's, it's the biggest exaggeration. It's, it's an the absurd exaggeration. Like the sentence I just used. It's not even relatable. Exaggeration on the planet. Or the other one. What was the other one? Um, haystack. Was it needed no, in Haystack? No, that's Mary Poppins. <laughs> um, what have we got? We got... Uh, uh, anyway. Camel I, through a needle. Anyway, it was another exaggeration. Uh, the thing in your eye. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Can you find the log... Look into the log in your eye. A log is huge. How's it going to fit in your eye? <laughs> That's obviously hilarious. Well, this is about this. Like, if we let's break this down a little bit more and look beyond the noise. So, as I was hearing this in class, I couldn't help but feel why, like, why would you think that? Like, mm. we, in our own human experience, know that God has given us humor, and humor is very important. I believe mm. humor is actually what draws people together. Mm. It's a sense of intimacy. Imagine being so serious all the time and not being able to see the irony in things. 
I remember sharing with you a few months ago that I was randomly bored one day and I looked up what the definition of humor is. And one of these definitions came up that it usually has something to do with irony. Mm. It's the realization that something should be a certain way or is a certain way. Um, but then it goes against that. But then it goes completely against like that. Ian Thorpe drowning. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty ironic, right? Yeah. That is, is uh, distinctively a human trait. No other animal in, in the universe can understand irony. It's it's actually such a... It says a lot about humanity being very, very deep. Yeah. But it, it, it's it's the ability to laugh at yourself, I think. It's the ability to recognize that your, your weaknesses, but not be so down on yourself or angry at yourself, but to actually laugh. Yeah, There's yeah. something about humans thinking that they're perfect and then tripping over like a stick and then realizing that they're goofy and that they're silly. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Right? That's funny. That's Jesus was a human person. Like he lived a human life. And... I think Jesus said this in the chosen, but not in the gospels. That he, <laughs> I mean, he might have, he might have said it. Yeah, he probably did. Everything comes from God at the end of the day. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, he said humor is used to disarm people, mm. and that's absolutely true. Because um, anyone who is close to me or is fortunate enough to be close to me, and if you're not fortunate enough to be close to me, call me. We'll be, we'll get close in a chaste and platonic fashion. <laughs> Unless you're cute, then you know we'll take it somewhere else. But. Um, um, if for many that know me, people open up to me a lot, and I think it's because I'm funny and I disarm situations mm. that are serious, mm. and it, it makes it easy to connect. Yeah. So you know, Jesus is the best of us. He's mm. the perfect human, mm. the best of us. Also, a Nicholas Sparks novel. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus is the best of us, and if you know one of the greatest things of us is humor, then he definitely had it. Yeah, yeah. I, I genuinely do believe it, it brings people together. Uh, maybe another, a conversation for another time, but I actually believe that even like with like a healthy couple, for example, or like uh, anyone who's dating, the ability to not pick on each other's weaknesses, but bring it out so that you can let the person know that they are being seen, if that makes sense. Like that, you, you pick on someone's OCD, for example, oh, my wife, she is so so clean that she'll literally clean the neighbor's dishes if, if they left it. Like, yeah, that's absurd. Right? It's, it's, but it's, it's, in a way, you're making a joke to bring out that she's awesome, that she's, mm, mm. she's you know. So I think it, in a way, it actually helps to bring people together. But on a general sense, uh, I, I believe that Jesus was absolutely funny. I think he was, he would always bring up jokes. He'd make a lot of situations. He wouldn't take things so seriously. And I think that's, that's like, it expresses yeah. a light heart, a good I mean, heart. Listen, I don't think he's sitting there making your mama so fat joke. <laughs> no, no, definitely. No, but definitely a few knock-knocks. Or, <laughs> you know, a Jesus a Jesus and a Pharisee walk into a bar. Those kinds of things. <laughs> definitely those. I think he just would appreciate the irony in situations really well and bring that to light. Yeah, yeah. If, you know, hypothetically speak. Are you going to explain the Bali thing yet or are you going yeah. to defer it? Yeah, no, I'd love to speak about because the Bali Because I'm thing. sure people were disturbed. So you know the story really well, but guys listening, I know that you don't, so... Prepare yourself for this story. So we were in Bali at the beginning of this year in January and Sunday had approached and we thought, listen, or the day before on Saturday night, let's all go to Mass. Uh, we obviously have to fulfill our obligation, and, but more than that, we actually want to go to Mass. And we thought Bali, it's, a, it's an island, it's a holiday destination. And we started to run with this joke and idea that this place, is, this Mass was going to be a couple of like old people who are tourists or who are foreigners and they come in sandals and they've made up their own watered down version of the mass with funny songs like Bali, Bali Jesus, just Jesus, as if, Bali. as if to make the assumption that they're so shallow and that all yeah. <laughs> that's the entire spirituality, <laughs> just singing Bali and Jesus, that's yeah. it, that's what they worship, yeah, literally, the amalgamation yeah. of both. And we ran with this song like 
me and you and, and uh, Joanna and, and Anthony and Charlene and Juliana. So we, um, we just had the biggest laugh and we kept singing this song. We thought, absolutely, this is what's going to be like. Anyway, fast forward the next day, we get there. Firstly, I genuinely believe that that's what it was going to be like because I came dressed for it. I don't, I don't remember what I was dressing, mm-hmm. what I wore. Like a Hawaiian I, shirt. Yeah, I came in something like so, so casual, almost expecting this is what it was going to be like. Whenever yeah. we got there, firstly, the church was huge. Secondly, all the boys were in button-ups and jeans with their shirts tucked in. And, my, and, and, the, and if I was wearing shorts, which, <laughs> which is considered very shameful. They gave me like, a, what are they oh called? My God, like they a shawl to cover my legs. They, want, they, they asked us to cover our legs with whatever the piece of cloth. I they brought shame us. upon their culture. The church was full. It was absolutely packed and they were the most devout. Like their altar servers were synchronized. Their, their choir was secret. These guys must practice every single day. And it went on for three hours and I wanted to come myself. <laughs> it was like a mega church. It was a mega church. It was full. The women were dressed so modestly. The boys were dressed so seriously with their button ups. But I, I kid you not, the way that they processed in the altar service, it was synchronized. It was planned. Mm. These guys have been plucked from the army or something. I don't know where they got this from, but the joke was on us because these people proved to be uh, very, very faithful and like spiritual and they had this amazing devotion to the liturgy. So that song stuck with us, but more so the reality that we were so, so mistaken about them. Yeah. That was a really funny time, man. It was hilarious. And, you know, in Bali, every 60 seconds, a minute passes. So that's what I always say. (laughs) Very irrelevant, but thank you. (laughs) Um, So, you know, last week we started a segment called News with Roy. Uh, And I'd like to continue that tradition, if you may. And, you know, tell you a bit of the things happening in the world this week. Um, I don't have many, but only two this week. But a Dutch court on Friday, Roy, ordered a man um, who judges said has fathered between 500 and 600 children around the world to stop donating sperm. And apparently they argued that his continued donations violated the right to a private life of his donor children whose ability to form romantic relationships is hampered by the fear of accidental incest and inbreeding. This is absolutely absurd. How did you find this? Um, it was just—it was actually all over the news. Really? Yeah, I didn't have to look that hard. What do you make of all this? I, I, I to be honest, I'm not sure if he even thinks he's doing a good thing anymore by fathering 500 children. Oh um, I think it's just like he's trying to be Genghis Khan at this point. <laughs> Interesting. And for anyone who doesn't know, Genghis Khan is that guy who took over Mongolia and the East and, and half the world. apparently half the world like is an ancestor of half the world because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's how many people he caught, impregnated Jesus so you could be a Genghis Khan and you know I guess I descendant <laughs> what else is on the news so in Boston this have you heard of Comic Con no Comic Con is like a comic book festival okay that was not on in Boston this week what was on was Satan Con what yes so SatanCon 2023 was on this week in Boston. Boston, what is it you ask, Roy? Um, basically, everybody who is anti-religion um, comes to SatanCon. They burn Bibles, stuff like that. Are you serious? I am. And basically, it's just a series of democratic events and talks about pro-abortion and pro-trans and pro-everything. And why must they attack us though? Why, why, why must they burn Bibles and things like that? I have no idea. It's just it's uh, disgusting and uh, it actually made it very clear to me Roy the crossover between secular leftism and Satanism it's kind of stunning mm, mm. like you know the, like the left and the Democrats and the people in power in the United States they're not even trying to hide anymore that they're evil <laughs> they're having conventions called SatanCon 
which is <laughs> and Satan is the representative of everything that is bad in the world. Yeah. He represents all evil. Like they're not, we're not even going to hide it anymore. We're Satan con. We're pro abortion. We're pro trans. We're pro all these things. We are Satan con. Mm. I just, Roy, why do you feel that the world has rejected Judeo-Christian values? Everything that has built civilization up to this day across the last 2020 years, why has it been rejected? Bro, I honestly believe it's for two reasons. A, because of their own pride in that that some people despite, despite being controlled so much or being told what to do that they're, they're, they're hypersensitive to any anyone giving any form of criticism. Oh, hey, why don't you go take this route to, to the shops instead of this one? You save two minutes and they lose their, they lose their marbles and look, why are you telling me what to do? Why are you trying to dominate me? Why are you trying to be smarter than me? It's a hypersensitivity to control to anyone giving you any form of feedback that you might be able to do something better, right? That's number one. But number two, I, gen- I do also believe that there's a lot of wounds that have been wounded by traditional institutions like the church, like their governments. Uh, and that's obviously we take responsibility for that and we're trying to reconcile that. But at the end of the day, like, we can't just sit in our own victimization. And it's like a, it's like a learned helplessness. You can't stay helpless your entire life. That's yeah. what I think. Why? What do you think? I think there's something in the water. <laughs> in which water? The American in, water? In the American water. There's no other explanation for the absolute insanity that comes out of that country. It's funny you say that because the other day you showed us the documentary What is a Woman? Uh, and I'd never seen uh, that before Matt, but Matt I had heard so much about it. That was yeah, yeah, fascinating yeah. to watch. Yeah. I mean, lately it's become a thing to ask, you know, politicians who are running... Uh, for whatever position in their country, what is a woman mm. to gauge how left or insane they are? Mm. Um, to my dismay, sorry, not to my dismay, to my surprise, uh, what's, uh, what's uh, Lesbanese? Al- Albanese. Uh, Anthony Albanese was asked by Peace, not Peace Brosnan, the. <laughs> Peace Morgan. Peace Morgan. I saw that actually. Uh, Peace Brosnan is James Bond. Um, yeah, he was asked, what is a woman? And he said, uh, you know, an adult female. Mm. So good but, for him. T- to be honest, I-, I watched that, I was very shocked. Uh, when it came up on YouTube, I, I actually think that he, he didn't see that coming and he might have answered fast because I have a feeling he's going to come out next week and say, let me clarify what that means. He answered that very simply. Yeah. I can't believe in that documentary well, you showed us that so many people refused to just answer the question yeah. directly. Some people in the Senate, in the Australian Senate, um, were asked a couple of months ago and then they said, we'll come back to you with the definition. And they came back with a 72-word definition for a woman. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't recall what it is off the top of my head, but I, I wouldn't even want to accept it to our, to our viewers. It's funny because... Our um, listeners. My students do this in class. I'll ask them to define a word and they'll use the word to, in the sentence to define, to define a, word, a word, which is absurd. It's circular reasoning. <laughs> it it's, it's, in fact, the only definition... Of writing definitions is that you can't use the word. <laughs> there is no other definition in the essence of definitions. It's only what you have to follow. I asked them the other day, what is it, the students, what is urbanization? Someone define it. And, that, and they said, the process of making a town urban. I said, well, you just use the same word. What does urban mean? <laughs> just trying to, uh, to, to articulate that. But it's just so funny. Like, it's absolutely absurd. You can't yeah. explain something using the same word. It, I mean, it, you can, but it doesn't, it doesn't help. No. It, it, and it's sad how we've reached uh, a world where people are scared to answer such a basic question, you know, in case they're cancelled. Mm. Um, but yeah, cancel culture. Evil. Um, Roy, did you know 100% of kids who vape die? Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess they do. Yeah, I just thought... Thanks for sharing that. No, all good. It's something I've been <laughs> reflecting on. Yeah, yeah. That and the fact that three-fourths of the world's people actually make up 75% of the population. That's absurd. That's absurd. I'm going to have to say that to believe that. Yeah. Well, it's true. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, have you got anything else? Um, well, what do you have planned this weekend? Tell me that. Um, I have a friend's uh, birthday, mm-hmm. but we're calling it a prom because it's very dramatic and sure over the top. Sure. Um, but that, I'm very looking forward to that. And boys' night? Boys' night. Yeah, it's not happening this week. Or maybe, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not ready to talk about that. Actually, I just remembered, Roy. So I went into the city on Monday for work mm-hmm. to you know pr- pretend I'm still employed there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you know, Roy, when someone becomes religious, be it Catholic or Christian or really anything else that demands more of you as a person... Um, it becomes sometimes very easy to be judgmental towards other people because who, who aren't living in such a way that kind of aligns with your new enlightenment. Mm. I'm sure it's something you experienced when you first got into the faith. Mm. But I want to tell you about an encounter that I had at work. So there's this Bosnian doorman in the foyer of my building. Mm. Uh, how do I know it's Bosnian? Because uh, once he was wearing a Bosnia shirt. And I asked him, oh, you're Bosnian? He said, yeah. Your ability to deduce is fantastic. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> anyway, um, for anyone who are playing at home, Bosnia is an Eastern European country. Um, and every morning, me and this man will exchange pleasantries. I'll say, you know, how are you? How's the, your weekend? Etc. Etc. Mm. Anyway, um, he actually spent the majority of his formative years as a refugee escaping the destitution in Bosnia. Wow, okay. Now, coincidentally... Um, the night before I saw him this week, uh, I watched a documentary about the poverty in Bosnia over the past half a century on Netflix. Mm. And the series documented the lives of the women on the streets in Bosnia who would often resort to prostitution to make ends meet. Um, Now, there was a lot of HIV at the time and there was a huge um, epidemic in the Eastern European country. And it was not uncommon that men would offer the woman extra money to not use protection. So not, not to use like, you know, a barrier contraception, sure, sure. Uh, which is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Now, I was so shocked when I watched that. So when I saw this guy on Monday after having watched it, I think on the weekend, the next morning, I kind of made a beeline towards him because I wanted to tell him about what I've learned about his country, mm-hmm. you know. And I expressed to him the shock that these women would... Uh, take the extra risk and not protect themselves mm. just for the sake of some extra money. Um, now, the next thing that happened was a bit weird. I expected him to sympathize or kind of, you know, like uh, agree with my outrage. Mm. Um, but instead, he looked at me for three seconds, like really plain, plainly and like a bit judgmentally. And I'm like, yeah. what's happening here? Mm. Like, why aren't you as outraged as I am? And he goes to me and he said a couple of words to me that shook me. Um, and these words, they highlighted my skewed perception and at the risk of using a leftist term my privilege Mm. he said to me you've never been hungry right and that that kind of shook me Mm. because uh like you know i walked away and i entered kind of into the abyss of my mind and it just reinforced something that i'm I'm continually learning in the past few years especially as i mature in the faith that it's uh, you know it's so hard to understand people's circumstances and what they're going through Mm. And, you know, we're all sinners to different degrees. But if someone, you know, does something bad or is experiencing some form of addiction or, you know, does something, you know, engages in some sort of weird sexual encounter or something, you know, you, you don't know what that person is mm. going through, what they're longing for, what's what's missing in their heart, what they're trying to accomplish. And it just kind of t- taught me 
to be a lot less judgmental and to, mm. to focus on the language of people's hearts rather than on their actions. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely why Jesus said don't judge. It's because you don't know the story, you don't know the situation, you don't know the addictions. Yeah, yeah, Jesus was smart. He was, he really was. He jumped yeah. the gun. That was a really uh, interesting story, bro. Uh, look, his response was not, I didn't, I didn't expect that. That was um, a bit left yeah. field. But I mean, I, I felt a bit insulted at first. Like it's guy. like you've clearly never been hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, bro, uh, I'm going to share one last story with you and I think we'll wrap up this podcast. But uh, completely, I'd say not on, on that topic. But bro, lately, uh, and I haven't shared this with you off, off the... Um, so you've been hiding Offline. Things. It just hasn't come to conversation yet. Oh, right. Lately, I've been struggling to pray a lot. Mm. Like I feel like I feel like I don't want to talk to God. I feel anymore, you, right? And yeah, you've you've expressed that countless times. <laughs> In fact, you've excommunicated God from your life. I mean, that was a yeah, joke. Very loosely. Yeah, no, no, I'm joking. You're a wonderful person. Um, just not a good prayer. <laughs> anyway, so that's been a struggle, and like it, it had been, it's been a few weeks since I've properly sat down and said thank you for this, thank you for that, kind of expressing gratitude. When we started school again after the school holidays, which was last week, um, there was a like uh, the morning, I think it was, or in the afternoon, there was a, there was like a, a school prayer. So everyone, we I think we prayed the Our Father together. At that point, it actually became so apparent to me how important public prayer is, because at that point I realized I have not done this in such a long time. For me, it's, a few weeks is a long time because generally speaking, I like to pray every day. Mm. Uh, and I was so moved by that. I thought, this is brilliant. This is exactly why we encourage, the church encourages us. We encourage people to come to church despite your, what you're feeling. Yeah. Not because it disregard your emotions, no, but because we, we actually give each other energy. Look, call it spiritual mm. energy, mm. call it encouragement, whatever you want to call it. The point is, there's some, that I was very moved by that. And these, they, they, these were students, they're young people, and they wow. still were wow. able to move me to the point of realizing, man, what am I doing? Like, this is, I could be a little bit better. Mm. Just wanted to put that out there. It was just an amazing re- realization. That's a good point. And even sometimes, not even for spiritual reasons, you think, I want to go to church because I want to see people. Mm, mm, and, you know, it's mm. through people that we experience God. So, it, you know, some people might think you're going for the wrong reasons. I don't think there is a wrong reason to go yeah, to church. I think I agree with you. Because God, God wraps everything in, you know, a gift or a package that you need at that time. Exactly right. You're right. You're right. Because often we hear people say, oh, they're going to meet a spouse or this or that. I don't think that's bad at all. Yeah, so what? Where else are you going to find a spouse? Yeah, look, obviously, like, there's a priority of intentions, but that intention in itself is not bad at all. I mean, most people are open to the idea of that. So Mm. I think you're absolutely right, bro. Are the Western Unions playing this weekend? (laughs) They they are. I believe they are, yes. We are hoping to get our second win on the trot. Oh, bro, lightning, lightning doesn't strike twice. On the trot is slang for in a row. When we're trying to get two on the trot. That's absurd. Why can't they just say in a row? <laughs> because the Australian culture likes to simplify and put vernacular language on everything. It's like having a shoey. What's a shoey? Yeah, it is like having a shoey. Yeah. I've never had a shoey. Neither have I, I must say. Bro, this was an awesome conversation. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. And uh, send us your questions throughout the week. Or just things that you want us to discuss because uh, we're not running out of material, but we want to hear from you. And also we're running out of material. <laughs> I think we're good, but, uh, that, but we enjoy the questions that people ask. It's a perspective that we don't see and we don't think about. So please do that. And on that note... Just say some audio bumps for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want it to be polite. <laughs>